Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome into a Fish Fry Friday where we have fun and frivolity here on Critical Thinking. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. Let's get into it. All right. So, Pat, I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off right away. Okay. Um, that, that sound you're hearing in your headphones right now? Uh-huh. That is your bracket just... Busty. That's everybody's bracket, bro. Pretty much. Pretty I, I mean, much. I mean, Arizona just freaking laid over yesterday to Princeton. It lay over. They did not lay over, Pat. Did you even bother to watch the game? I know it was a close game, but still. It was a one point. Princeton came back in that game to win it. <sighs> Can't finish. Got to finish. Well, of course, but to add to just to, to to suggest that they laid an egg, the only team who laid an egg in that first round for Virginia was Virginia, Virginia deciding that they were going to throw the ball to mid court. Like, I don't understand the decision making. You have three options in in that, and you chose the fourth, the one that's I, not I even actually- on the menu. I actually did better than I thought I did yesterday, though, because, I mean, those were like two big losses for me. But all in all, I actually did pretty good for the first round. Did you? Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Well, see, here's the deal, Pat. Mm-hmm. Just doing well in the first round uh, d- doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean squat, I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I'm in the bottom... I'm in the uh, 25th percentile mm-hmm. with my bracket, but um, yeah, there's only one person in my in our group that's ahead of us. We're, we're tied on points, so um, I I saw an interesting statistic last night after the Arizona loss. Uh huh. It was 0.17 percent of all brackets and 20 million brackets are still perfect. 
in for for what the NCAA tournament how how do how do how would they know that I, I I don't know right exactly they don't know that that that's an impossibility now unless they're talking about all the publicly available you know Yahoo ESPN all of that sort of stuff right Maybe uh, that's what they're talking about, but I will well, say it was this. just out of twenty million brackets. It, I'm assuming they have that information somewhere. Yeah, I'm guessing that's ESPN. Yeah, uh, because we're in the fifteen. I'm ranking in like fifteenth millionth place um, on ESPN. I think it's like six hundred and twenty-eight brackets, Pat, um, that are correct still today. After one day of the tournament, we have. And, and uh, the, the stat I saw is that um, if you just flip the coin for every game, right, mm-hmm. uh, you had a better chance of being in uh, – you had a five times better chance of a perfect bracket than what is existing right now on ESPN.com. Think about that. That hurts the soul. Yeah. Uh, now – that being said, I've only lost two Sweet 16 teams so far, as I can tell. And I've lost a Final Four team. Yeah. I And, and so, you know, I'm going to be able to make up for Arizona and for Virginia because I didn't have them. Well, I, I take that back. I have a, an Elite Eight team in Arizona um, out. But, you know, so did it really hurt me? It's only one extra game of, of points that I'm losing. So... Um, I thought the entire first day of the tournament was absolutely fascinating. You had um, Iowa lay an egg, right? Which yep. I'm not surprised yep. by. Um, the Big Ten overall laid an egg yesterday, I would suggest. Yeah, I say Illinois also lost. Yeah, I'm not surprised by Illinois losing. Um, Northern Kentucky hung with Houston in a 116 matchup, which I was not surprised by because Northern Kentucky was criminally underrated. Um, Penn State, I think, was the shocker of the first round in terms of the non, you know, mid-major versus major um, programs. I mean, they they took AM to the woodshed. Penn State scoring 79 points would be like Texas AM scoring 120. I had Penn State winning that game. So um, I did in one bracket. I didn't in the other. Oh, and by the way, Pat, I, I'm not going to rub this in, but in my other bracket, the the one that I I usually try for money wise, this one is always for fun for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just so you're aware of this, I'm in the 92nd percentile with 120 points. <laughs> What did you do? Did you pick Furman and Princeton to beat Virginia and Arizona? Well, let me let me go let me go and, and take a look. So I have everybody in the Elite Eight still intact. I had I lost the Louisiana one. I had Arkansas winning um over Illinois. And um what was the big one that I had? Uh, Missouri over Utah State, and yeah, I've I only had one, two, three incorrect yesterday, where multiple people had four, five incorrect. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. I, I was so. gonna say I know I had four or five, but yep. yeah, yep, yep, yep. So you know, I it, it was in a it was absolutely fascinating. Um, that Maryland West Virginia game, wow, wow, was that great? That, that was the eight nine game. Charleston almost beating San Diego State. If it weren't for their inability to hit three pointers late in that game, um, they would have pulled that upset. Um, yeah, I just think it's interesting um, what day one of this tournament presented to us. Um, yeah, you know, Louisiana Lafayette, the, the Raging Cajuns almost pulled off that upset that a lot of people had predicted, including myself. Um, I'm also happy to see Northwestern go on. Yeah, that was that was cool. I mean, both Northwestern and Penn State. I mean, it's been forever since either school has been to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And then to also watch both win the first round, that was pretty cool. To watch Illinois and, and Iowa choke was not surprising in, in the least um, because they, they did face tough matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked both. I picked against both of them. So probably smart. Yeah. Um, but lots and lots of fun in store for us on the NCAA tournament day two here. Um, we'll see if more brackets get busted. Um, I think I rank 1.6 million is what I rank with my second uh, bracket. Um, in that one, I have Houston winning the national championship, so I breathed the uh, sigh of relief when Houston pulled away late in that contest with Northern Kentucky. Um, but yeah, absolutely fascinating stuff. All right, with that having been said, Pat, you know the drill by now on a Fish Fry Friday. We're going to give you our best and worst stories of the week. We're crowning a brand new Richard of the Week, um, which I put on Pat's plate, by the way, uh, for the four nominees. And of course... We are going to give us some comedic relief with absolutely back crap crazy stories if we have enough time to open up the fryer later on in the program. All right. So all of that having been said, Pat, do you want to go with the best or the worst uh, takes of the week? Not stories. I got to get used to that. We're, we're, we're moving away from stories to takes because there's uh, quite a bit of people wanting to get in front of cameras and, and speak their minds these days. Um, let's go with, um, let's get the worst stuff out of the way first. Okay. So we're going to go with Pat, your worst take of the week and your worst take of the week comes from one Janet Yellen, correct? Yes. Yes. So Janet Yellen the other day said, I can reassure the members of the committee that our banking system remains sound and that Americans can feel confident that their deposits will be there when they need them. This week's actions demonstrate our resolute commitment to ensure that depositors' savings remain safe. She's just a big ball of sunshine of hope, isn't she? And um, is hope a euphemism for socialism? You know, I didn't think about it that way, but it could be. I, I'm I'm just asking because that's really what she is. She's just a big ball of socialism, uh, and, and I mean that in in the most sincere economic terms. I don't mean that in the oh, she's a leftist. No, no, no. She's an avowed socialist at this point in time. When you take a look at her economic. Um, policies and what she believes in terms of her politics writ large. So um, what's she talking about, Willis? 
Moody's, correct me if I'm wrong, Pat, downgraded us in the entire banking system to a negative rating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That means everybody needs to be paying attention. We are bailing out banks that are unique in their nature in that they are leveraged high in cash deposits, right? They are leveraged very high in not so much assets, but liabilities, if you will. And yes, to a bank, a deposit is a liability because it is something that they cannot count on more largely put. There was something like, what, 92% of all accounts were affected at Silicon Valley Bank? Something like that, yeah. Um, it's not just that, though, either, because what we are watching is the problem with the inversion of interest rates at this point, right? Because we watched, you know, very low interest rates, which makes it for a which makes for a very safe investment, right? Right. On a bank's uh, side of things, turn into double, triple, some cases quadruple the amount of interest over time that they owe. That's a problem, and not enough of their investments, right, or the the liabilities that they hold can make up for the things that are having to go out the door at this point in time in a larger banking perspective. This, this has been my problem with our government for the past, I would say, decade at least, Pat. The American people can handle the truth, okay? We really We're can. We really, really can. And if you could just tell that to us, that would be fine. Because what ends up happening, Pat, is if you lie to us, that's when the panic sets in. That's when, you know, the, the run on diapers or the run on this or the run on that happens. If you could just be honest. And it's very likely that we can get through this period, but... The honesty requires Janet Yellen, right, the the Treasury Secretary. It requires Jerome Powell, the head of the Federal Reserve, to admit one thing. They've been wrong over the past year. Our monetary policy is largely the reason we are where we are and the reason that our broader economy is teetering on an edge. They don't want to admit that they were wrong. Instead, we're just going to go down the road of more modern monetary theory. Team GOP is just going to say, oh, sure, shucky darns. Be because for the past decade, that's really been their own policy. Mm -hmm. How do you explain the budgets under Donald Trump? So... This is an awful take because from any measurable perspective, any statistical perspective, any data point perspective, there's nothing that tells us that this is actually true. 
This is just verifiably false. And we need honesty more than we need sugarcoating. That's the truth of where we are as a society. Believe it or not, yes, there may be an initial issue, right? People might blah, 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 blah. I just, and, and a great example of this actually has nothing to do with the economy, Pat. A great, great example of this is the lie of masking, right, during COVID-19. We mm-hmm. were told the lie that uh, if you mask up, you are protecting yourself and protecting other people. That's verifiably false, right? It is, ve- there are hundreds upon hundreds of studies that will show you this. And there was one that did it from the very get-go with people who have intimate knowledge of masking, right? Hospital staff who have been doing it for decades at this point. Mm -hmm. We have verifiable information from the jump that suggests that this is verifiably insane. Okay. What, What viral story happened this week? A very rich individual was going to pay somebody $100,000 to take off their mask on a flight. Just for the duration of the flight, and the person was so scared, they refused $100,000 to do so. We still have people in major cities all over this country. We still have um, hospitals and um, outpatient rehab facilities and you know your doctor office requiring you to wear a mask to sit in the waiting room. And then, oh, by the way, take it off because I need to look down your throat for that thing that you came into my office for, right? And, oh, by the way, when you get back into having a surgery or, um, you know, admitted into a room for whatever reason, masks come off for everybody. What? Why would that be a thing? It's all theater. Had we just, had Fauci been his honest self from the get-go, we wouldn't be here. And so that's why I think this is awful. This is terrible. It is a horrible message to be sending. It's, it's, I, I mean, I kind of feel like it's gaslighting because those that are paying attention know better. Yeah, I don't disagree with you when it comes to mm. that, by the way, Pat. I, I think that's a, that is a very fair assessment. Um, but my uh, worst take of the week is this, Pat. And I think most in the audience have already probably heard it, but it is worth you that have not seen it or heard it to see it and hear it. Because let's be clear. This is life-affirming and life-saving healthcare. When our children tell us who they are, it is our job as grown-ups to listen and to believe them. That's what it means to be a good parent. <clears throat> Look, I'm going to I'm going to preface it this way, Pat, Mm -hmm. and then go ahead. All I'm going to say is neither of us are parents, Pat, but (coughs) correct me if I'm wrong. Both of us have been children. 
Yes. Okay. At one point in time, did you believe that maybe you were a lucky leprechaun? Perchance? Uh, I, I still believe I'm a lucky leprechaun. I mean, it is St. Patrick's Day. That is true. Happy St. Patrick's Day to both of us, I, by the way. That, that I mean, thank you. I mean, it is my holiday, so. No. <laughs> First and foremost, Pat, you are not Catholic, mm-hmm. so therefore it cannot be your holiday. No, but I do belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Patrick, therefore I am St. Patrick. Fired. <laughs> by the way, the real St. Patrick is an amazing uh, story. And by the way, today is not full of drunken Guinness uh, consuming people in Ireland. It is a very solemn holiday in Ireland. Uh, for those yeah, who don't no, know it's, that. Now, it's, it's, yeah, anyway. I, I, I ask that because I, even if you believe that, does mm-hmm. your wife affirm that? Oh, hell no. Right. Does did your parents affirm it growing up? Yeah, no, no, they didn't. Hmm. But you believed you were uh, the Lucky Charms leprechaun at one point in time, I'm sure, and that there was a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I mean, I mean, I've I've been called that on different occasions just because I also happen to be one of the shortest people in my family. Sure, sure. And I have red hair and all that stuff. So, I mean, they make jokes, but uh, was it ever a reality? No, no, it wasn't. Okay. I only bring it up because it's a fine example of, yeah, no, we're going to live over here in reality land. And and more importantly, I bring it up because there are all sorts of absurd things that, uh, that children believe about themselves and others. Yeah, I'm going to be very clear on this, Pat. The job of a parent is to affirm reality, to help a child navigate a vivid imagination, right? To harness a vivid imagination. You know, a lot of children, when they grow up, when they are growing up, they gravitate to, let's say, fantasy RPG games or Dungeons and Dragons. But they have gotten a firm grasp on what reality is versus the Dungeons and Dragons world or the Magic the Gathering world, right? Right, right. Yep. How did that happen? It happened because they can discern between fantasy and reality. It, the job of a parent is to affirm positive behaviors and dissuade negative behaviors and thoughts, by the way. For instance, if that child comes out and uses the N-word, is that something you're supposed to affirm? If they if they are spewing racism, what, wherever they've heard it from or however they've acquired it, is that something you should be affirming? Uh, that's my job to correct them. Right. As a good parent. Right. A terrible parent is somebody who modeled that behavior. And I only bring this up because let's put the modeled behavior of what she is suggesting through the lens of racism. Are you to suggest that that is what we're supposed to do is affirm whatever the hell these people 
want to believe about themselves and others? No. We are there as parents, if you are a parent, to do two things. Show love and guide them through reality. And then on the other side of it, as they figure life out, is to be there as a support system. You give them the tools to navigate life as best you can and come what may as they become adults. I mean, that that's about as kind as you can possibly be. And to, to suggest otherwise is not a kindness. It's just, it's just pure unadulterated evil at that point. I mean, to take you a step further, when you were a kid, did you ever think you could fly? No. Like actually physically fly? But there's there's some kids that do right like they watch right. like peter pan or superman or something like sure. that they're young enough they think like hey maybe i could fly for, gotta, for instance I, I grew up wanting to be the a quarterback of the green bay packers right okay yeah yeah i mean Did that, my parents affirm that mm-hmm. idea they they affirmed my ability to play sports right right and it turned out that i was pretty damn good at playing one of them and i was okay at some other ones but there was no there was no let's put it this way there's a difference between encouraging physical activity right right Right. and helping to guide you through that and navigate that process right and then your parents gaslighting you into oh yeah you're the best you know thing since sliced bread no, just no. I, 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 no. No, but th- but but through that guidance, they helped you find other talents and things like that that you Absolutely. are good at. It, and we, I think we are bringing this up because mm. when we are talking about the trans movement, right? When we are talking about transgender ideology or transgenderism, are if I were a parent, how would I handle it? Number one. I think the very first thing is to seek counseling, regardless of what the outcome comes to, right, is Mm -hmm. that counseling is the first thing that you seek. One, because we know that this is something that is in their head in terms of they feel a certain way, and now they're attempting to want to act on that certain situation. So we need to figure out is this real or is this something that has been hoisted upon them from the reality that has been pushed on them from an ideological perspective? How, how the hell did we burst onto the scene where 50% of, uh, or is it 40? Yeah, 40% of teenagers now believe that there's some sort of gender fluid, if you will. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as gender fluid. It doesn't exist in reality. What exists is that there's a spectrum of masculine and feminine. And we as a society have to be okay that, guess what, as a guy and being more on the feminine perspective, okay. As a woman, being more on the masculine perspective, that's okay too. But that does not necessarily always mean that you have to turn into a female because of it, or a male, because of it. We need more people realizing that it's okay 
to not take on gender roles that are normative, right? Right. That's what I would agree with. Mm -hmm. I think we have to be much more open to that as a society. But that having been said, that doesn't mean that I'm going to lop my, you know, as I like to call it, the uh, I don't need to lop my tits and bits off just because of it. No. And that's what counseling helps with. But we need counselors that are not driven by trans ideology, right? So we need a perspective when it comes to that. And then furthermore, once we go down that road, the support system has to be there from parents. The support system has to be there from the perspective of we are not going to pit parents against gender ideology in the classroom and all of those sorts of things. I just, this is insane. Our job is to affirm what they are telling us they are. No, no, it's not. I'm the quarterback of the Green Bay Pack. F you, no, you're not. <laughs> no, no. It is to encourage them to participate in things, right? Mm -hmm. Again, we use the sports analogies. We use the analogies. A great example, I wanted to you know, be a firefighter. How Okay, that's a positive thing. Let me encourage that, right? Encourage positive and ego-building things, but discourage negative things about yourself, about society, about all of those things. That's really the job of a parent is to help them navigate the reality of life. And to do so at incremental levels, by the way, is to also encourage creativity, thinking, critical thinking skills, all of that sort of stuff. Our job is not to listen to them and then believe whatever the bullshit is that comes out of their mouth. No, that's not my job. If I had a child, no, my job is to assist them in navigating life. Does that mean that I disbelieve everything they say? No. Of course not, but it's take it in and wait a second. Okay, they're telling me this. Is it because of societal pressures or what's going on in a classroom or something that they're learning, right? Or is it because this is reality for them or what they believe to be reality? This is a subjective thing for them. Okay, so then let's go and talk to a counselor and figure out, is this really real or is this something that is just a phase? For a lot of them, it's just a phase. So, no, I'm not going to lop the tits and bits off of children just because it's something that they see. For instance, you know, how many goth girls and guys do you know in high school, right? Did you know? Tons. Tons. Lots. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Well, it was a phase. Cool. How many of them are now buttoned up CEOs or buttoned up uh, middle managers, right? A lot of them. Most of them. Huh. And none of them you would ever assume were goth guys and girls in high school. Why? Because it turns out that emo and goth are really easy representations of the angst of being a teenager. It's a phase. It's a fad. You move forward in life. And for those who it, who it is, a real gender dysphoric thing, right? They really have that gender dysphoria. That's a different conversation. 
But we have to be able to explore that conversation to suggest that we just automatically believe them and that's the end all be all and we have to no we don't we have to come to a an objective reality of that situation that's what we have to do as parents again if you and I were parents that's where I would be your right. final right. thoughts on that worst take um basically the 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 one of the things i had to say about this and i i believe i said this on twitter is uh stay the hell away from our kids yeah um people people like this lieutenant governor have no business being around our kids stay away from them i i don't want this around especially when when i have children no hell no stay away from them you come anywhere near my kids you're going to be in a world of hurt it ain't happening yeah, and I think beyond that, it's also the fact that we have to, as as we fight this, not even culture war, this war inside academia, is realize that academia is going to affirm this stuff. So we have to have this vigilance about where this is coming from more than anything else and begin to navigate that process uh, because it's coming from somewhere. And it's coming from the halls of their class, you know, their their school. It really is. And it's why I've been a very vocal proponent of homeschooling ch children. Because of this. Because you take the power of that type of an ideologically driven education out of their hands and give it to yourself. And you can give it to a Christian worldview. You can give it to a Muslim worldview. You can give it to a Judaic worldview, a Buddhist, a Hindu worldview if you want, or no worldview, and just focus on the academics. You can do all sorts of those things, but you can't do that when you don't control the transing the kids. You don't control these people right. believing that they're their children. No, they're not. And I have long had that discussion with educators in some of my most valued relationships in high school were with educators were with people my teachers in high school and they were valued because we had a relationship based off of mutual respect mutual curiosity about life about questions about history about you know um english or whatever have you but it was never it, it was never these are my kids no these are the kids that i teach and i'm invested in their lives there's a difference between being invested in the life of that student and believing that you are the parent there's a line that they never would have crossed ever how do i know it because i have those relationships with those teachers with those administrators even to this day I have an adult relationship with them. Why? Because it was built off of that type of a respect. I wasn't built off of them believing that I was their kid. And, and far too often, that's the reality. These are the questions that you need to ask of the, the teacher. If you're beginning that journey, that kindergarten teacher, that first grade teacher, ask them. What are what is their philosophy about how they view their the the children in their classroom? Ask them, interview them, and when they give you um, problematic answers, 
Get your kids out of school and make them a priority. So with that being said, Pat, I think it's a great time for us to move forward to uh, the B or not the B. Let's do it. All right. With that having been said, uh, lay that headline on me at least twice. Well, this one comes brought to you by International Women's Month. In honor of Women's History Month, women kneel before man. In honor of Women's History Month, woman kneels before man. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. What are you thinking about that, Andrew Coppins, folks? If you haven't gotten a coffee brand coffee yet, it's the weekend. You know, if you're still a, a um, morning person like Andrew over here, mm-hmm. um, you probably still need that morning pick me up at least a little bit. So go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. Find your favorite flavor. Find a flavor that you want to try. And then go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. Use promo code Critical Thinking at checkout. And you'll get 5% off your purchase. Everything's freshly roasted, freshly shipped to you. They don't care about your politics. They just want your business. That's it. So go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, promo code critical thinking at checkout, and get 5% off your purchase today. In honor of Women's History Month, woman kneels before man. Is this the B or not the B? <clears throat> this is tough. Um. I'm going to go with this being the Babylon B. Okay. Um, only because this might be something to do with the Drew Barrymore, Dylan, whatever the hell it was situation, the creepy thing that we talked about on Wednesday. So I'm going to go with the Babylon B on this one. Are you sure? No. But I'm going with it. Okay. Well, you would be correct. This is the Babylon B. You are also correct that this has to do with the Drew Barrymore Dylan Mulvaney thing. In honor of Women's History Month, a woman knelt down in front of a man to demonstrate subversive uh, subservice and, and submission. Witness described the historic event as weird and unusual way to promote the empowerment of women. The incident took place on the set of the Drew Barrymore show as the show's uh, ep- eponymous Host showed her feminine strength by kneeling down at the feet of famous male TikTok personality Dylan Mulvaney. I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate Women's History Month, Barry Moore said in a statement following the show. When Dylan and I were, were on stage together, it was important to illustrate which one of us belongs on their knees. Yay, women! Uh, cultural competitors hailed as a momental, uh, monumental moment in the female empowerment movement, ranking it among other great moments in women's history, such as Leah Thomas absolutely obliterating other competitors to win the NCAA Women's Swimming National Championship, and other athletes who were born biological males completely mis- mishandling their female opponents. This is indeed a great day for women, said Professor David Megley of the Institute of Advancement of Women and people who say they are women. There's nothing that that shows how far women have, have come than seeing a female down on her knees in front of a man on national television. At publishing time... Barrymore was reportedly already brainstorming other ideas for future segments, including 
uh, doing Mulvaney's laundry, cooking dinner, and asking Mulvaney to explain the complexities of football to her. I was going to say, is the is the next uh, segment on the Drew Barrymore show um, get in the kitchen? Uh, wash the dishes, do the laundry. <laughs> bake me a pie. <laughs> what about make me a sandwich? Ma, get in the kitchen and bake me a pie. <laughs> Ma, where my cheesy puffs? Ma. And and just if you guys haven't seen the whole Drew Barrymore dilemma of anything, it is I don't I don't recommend it. It's completely cringe and weird. And oh the the uh, the TikTok afterwards is even worse. By the way, oh no, is there a TikTok after? Uh, I yeah. I don't know. I don't want to know. I yeah. don't want to know. They, it, they no. uh, yeah, yep. That's all I'll say. All right. With that having been said, Pat, I think it is time for us to uh, crown a brand new Richard of the week. Let's do it. Okay, so who are the four nominees this week? Well, our, our, our first one we've already covered. It's the uh, Lieutenant Governor of Minnesota, Peggy Flanagan. Okay. Um, for the comments that we just barely went over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We also have Joseph Marionette Biden for his uh, attempt on executive orders on guns and violating the Constitution and the Second Amendment. <sighs> Getting kind of sick of that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Governor Gavin Newsom because he celebrated the uh, Silicon Valley Bank bailout well, with, without uh, so much mentioning that his uh, wineries are also live trust. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, we have Sam Harris who suggests that Candace Owens is unworthy of having opinions on vaccine and climate. So, yeah. Why is she unworthy? Um, well, according uh, author podcast host Sam Harris said uh, about the Daily Wire host, Candace Owens should not have opinions on subjects like vaccines and climate change or the war in Ukraine, adding people should also not listen to her about such matters. Uh, Harris uh, seemed to deem the mother of the two unworthy of having her own opinions on issues often speak out about that she's not an expert oh because she doesn't have a phd or an md or a uh right next to her name on on these very specific topics says the guy who comments on everything right but he only has one degree from stanford yet he comments on everything pat also, have you noticed his obsession with Candace Owens? Like, it's like a bi-monthly thing where he seems to bring her up out of freaking nowhere. Yeah, why? I don't, I don't get it. I really don't. Um. All right. So, who do you think is this week's winner for Richard of the Week? See, I, I was a little torn between Joseph Marionette Biden and Peggy, Peggy Flanagan, but I, I honestly, when you're coming after our kids. I, I I I go with that. I, so Peggy Flanagan is the is the Richard of the Week winner. I can get behind that or Sam Harris for myself. But yes, I, I yeah, firmly Sam Harris would have been another good one. Yeah, you're right. I firmly believe when you're messing with our kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. So brand new Richard of the Week. 
never before nominated, never before won, Peggy Flanagan. Lieutenant Governor of the state of Minnesota. Which is hilarious because my wife is like, oh, well, if we move, it, we can move to Wisconsin or maybe I would consider Minnesota or Michigan. And I was like, ah, uh-huh, sure, no. No, no. Has she met you? Right. <laughs> that, that bleep ain't happening. Uh, I don't, I mean, if you could avoid it, it's like me in Michigan. You will never set foot in Minnesota if you can avoid it. You are correct. There are very few reasons why I would step foot in Minnesota, one of which is to watch the Packers absolutely crush the Vikings, and the other of which is maybe if we have to go to some sort of family event. Other than that, I have no need to go to the state of Minnesota. None. Zip, zero, zilch. Yeah, that's me in Michigan. So, All right. All that having been said, Pat, it is time for our best takes of the week and i'm gonna go first this is easily the best take of the week by far so if i was like hiring and i saw pronouns here's what i'm gonna assume i'm gonna assume you're obviously very liberal so i'm gonna assume you're one of those people that um is super far left um hey i'm gonna assume you're not a very hard worker um you are either a female or you're a probably not straight guy So everything in the office is going to have to cater to you, your feelings, your needs, and your emotions. So everyone around you is not going to be able to be themselves and walk on eggshells. Why would anyone want someone like you, unless everyone's like you, in a work environment? You're going to be the laziest person. You're going to be the most entitled, complain the most, and I think you're going to be the first to sue. So shocker that pronouns weren't helping you guys. Sorry, is there anything I missed there? (laughs) You're welcome, by the way. Uh huh. You're, you know, I saw this well before you even put it on our little thread that we have. I saw this like probably a good six to eight hours before you put that on there. On on Tuesday. Hmm. See, I'm up at. I'm up like two hours before we uh, get together here, Pat. So I'm I'm up to speed on things well before you are. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, okay. Well, whatever. Um, however, I, this almost was going to be my best take until Andrew claimed it. Um, I, I will say this as someone that has, has been in this position, right? Where you are a hiring manager, you see things like that on a resume. Yeah, she, she ain't wrong. Everybody thinks it. they just don't do anything about it. Um, now I will say this, do I care? Not in, not unless it's going to get in the way of of the actual job. And so if as long as you can do the job and stay and keep that, yeah. To but yourself, her I'm point fine. is that it, it that their job is not going to be their job. They're right, going to no, they're going true. to demand DEI classes. They're going to demand that you go from caring about your job to caring about um, you know every last minute detail of that individual's life and cater to every whim that they have and every new fangled bs that they come up with so right. um yeah no and and i always took this from the hiring manager that we had at at our company mm-hmm. just blind that information right 
in generally share? speaking, you would find that that type of an individual, right? That individual who's gonna the he, she, they, them pronoun bull crap. You would find it out in how they write their resume to begin with. Right. Okay. So so but you blind the name and you blind the phone number right. um at first as they're reading that. Then you unmask the phone number. Uh and then you unmask the name when you actually make the call so that you are as unbiased by what is a unconscious bias situation, which is names that might sound ethnic, right? In, in right. Um, some way, shape or form, uh, telephone numbers that might not be local, right? Can, can make a, a difference. Um, you know, that sort of stuff, that, that, that type of identifying information you, you take out of the process first and then you as you get into, OK, so the only time I need to know that information is now I'm going to go through the phone interview process. Right. But you also then blind it from other individuals if you continue to go on in the process and you only allow them access to that like right before they go in to a room together. Right. So I, I, I mean, yeah. But you can I, I find this information out real quickly just by having a two-second glance at the resume. I, I I hear you on this, and and I think this is necessary for a lot of people. However, like I I, I don't. It, it it also kind of bugs me at the same time because like as someone that's been in this position, I don't care what your name is. I don't care if I can't even pronounce your name. I care about what can you do. Yeah, I, know, I understand. I, yeah, but you're the rarity of humanity, right. Pat. Everybody has a bias, and 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 if you don't recognize that that there are there are unconscious biases, everybody's got them. Sure. It could be sure, it could be them. anything, right? And I'm not saying that you know um, it's oh this person sounds this race or this ethnicity or this or that. I'm not I'm not suggesting that that's the case. I'm suggesting that. Those that is the simplest form of bias that can exist. So take that out of the equation for you. Look mm. at it to do what you're doing, right? And doing what I would normally do. But most of the time, we don't even recognize that those things are going on. And some of the times, it's a, a, a bias towards a certain education or a bias towards a certain school or a bias towards a certain type of coding or a certain type of this or a certain type of do or a certain way of doing the job, right? So there's lots of different ways of doing that in the hiring phase, but that's neither here nor there. I think this is absolutely a true take. This is absolutely the reality of where we exist, when, especially in startup culture, especially in the world of startups, where you've got to cater to every last whim of everybody, everybody except for a conservative's identity. This is, well, let's say this, this is also especially in the tech industry um as well i mean just th th she is she perfectly described basically corporate culture in america today yeah corporate tech culture especially but mm. all right with that having been said pat your best take of the week this comes in response to your worst take of the week uh so elon musk said uh, now when they're they fed propaganda uh, by adults Moreover, every child goes through an identity crisis before their personality identity crystallizes. Therefore, we shouldn't allow severe irreversible surgery or sterilizing, sterilizing drugs that they may regret until at least the age of 18. We talked about this just a few minutes ago. 
Yeah, hundred percent. You know, this it, is a great it, take it's, from Elon. Musk. It's a great take, and and he has a very intimate knowledge of this. By the way, uh, isn't his, it's his son, son? Yeah, his yeah. son has some identity crisis going on right now, right. if you will. Um, and in an estranged son. Let's be real about that. What? That, that's Elon Musk, by the way. For those that are listening, yes, those that are listening and not watching on Rumble.com backslash Critical Thinking which uh, you can do every single Monday through Friday. Hit that subscribe button. You'll get notified when the show comes up. All that wonderful goodness. Um, yeah, no, I totally, totally agree. I think this is a very fair take on this situation and very succinctly uh, putting the conversation that we had for probably about 15 minutes on this topic. Um, great take from Elon Musk. An absolutely great take. Um, and I think he also added the fact of, yeah, no, um, not when you are shoving ideology down the throat. So, with that, not st- with that, with that, Pat, um, if I could speak. Um, any final thoughts on, I don't know, this week? Well, don't get lost. Uh, remember okay. who you are. Yep. No means no. Okay. Uh, I am St. Patrick, and and I will even say this. In honor of International Women's History Month... I'm going to go tell my wife to make me a sandwich. <laughs> I I didn't think that's where you were going to go with that. I'm just going to say. <laughs> with that, please be safe, be smart, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals this weekend. Um, enjoy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, be smart about it. And as always, Matthew 547. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.